0: We thought we'd just have a little series before we get into Christmas. We'll do an Advent series and we'll be looking at all the themes around that. Um, just this idea of sharing our faith, just to get us thinking. It's, it's crazy, just to get us thinking intentionally about sharing our faith. The idea being that if ever there was an environment um, that lends itself to an opportunity to, to share your faith, it's probably seasons like Christmas and, and seasons like Easter. Yeah, like they're just natural sort of inns, uh, natural topics that you can talk about what that season means to you, what it represents in your life. I mean, what are you doing for Christmas? Ah, oh, well, you know, we're going down to the peninsula for a bit, down to the, you know, the holiday house down there. Um, got the boat and the jet ski and the... No, probably not. Um, <laughs> but at the heart of Christmas, maybe, you know, in these conversations, you know, the heart of Christmas is that we take time to reflect on this story that there's a God who's interested in humanity and who came into this. This world is messed up. Is God indifferent to it? Does he care? Well, Christmas tells us he does care. Here he comes. There's this story of a God coming in. So looking at how it is, we can just get into conversations. I think sometimes we feel like we need to uh, defend our faith. Like we need to be like we need to defend Easter and defend Christmas and defend our faith like we're more lawyers that have to bring some kind of watertight case, uh, present all the history and all the evidence, and overwhelm people with a convincing argument around the facts and the and the doctrines and that's all that's all external stuff, like it's important stuff, but it's all external stuff there's stories. Our story of faith, our stories start here. What's going on with us? How all that stuff intersects with us and, then, and, and what that's done in our life. Sometimes I think we feel like we need to be lawyers rather than what Paul describes as ambassadors. Paul's talking about storytellers, people who are retelling this story. Are we out of our minds? Uh, you know, retelling this story this, and the impact and the relevance and the place that it has in their personal life. And then how that then goes and places them, or you and me, into this big narrative, this this history of what God is doing in the world. It's not just facts and doctrines, but how these truths have have shaped and transformed us. And maybe that's a messy story, maybe that's crazy. I know mine is. It's not this nice, neat, tidy little line where each year I get a little better and I tick another box. But maybe it's a messy one, and who knows? But it's undeniable. It's underway. That's a story people want to hear, rather than uh, people who just regurgitate a checklist and distribute, I don't know, the four spiritual laws or they've memorized the Roman road, and it's all kind of out there, but what about in here? As John pointed out last week, sharing our faith is not something that we have to study for like an exam. Well, having faith is not something that you have to study for like an exam. Like It's not just this mere academic exercise where you achieve something and then in your own merit and then it's given you. Even though faith is essentially grounded in concrete and objective truths and facts, it is, though, at the end of the day, a product of a supernatural encounter, a, a, a transformation, an empowering we have this redefining experience that's kind of hard to describe apart from how it works itself out in our lives. It is facts and it is feelings. It's a narrative that gives birth to a new nature. As Paul says there, he writes in Romans, the Spirit, the spirit of God himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God, that like there's something going on in us that just... Affirms in us every now and again when we might doubt uh, whether we're saved, when we might doubt whether we're in a relationship and all of a sudden he's like no brother, you're a child and there's this strange affirmation and it's the cultivating of that in our lives by the spirit, it's the cultivating of that amongst ourselves that then equips us to be able to go and share this new reality. The writer of Proverbs in Proverbs 27, 17, if we read that verse positively, you know, iron sharpens iron, like, like coming together and sharing stories makes us better at it, sharpens us, equips us. And the writer of Hebrews says that, uh, that we are to stir one another up in love and good works, not to neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but, but getting around each other, encouraging each other, hearing each other's stories. What on earth is going on in your life? Why, you know, kids, marriage, whatever what's going on in our faith how do we build that up it's something that we are gifted and it is something that we cultivate we actually have to put some work into it ain't magic jesus didn't sprinkle you know magic fairy dust over the top of you and then off you go and all kinds of stuff happens without you investing in it yourself there's this event that happens in our souls. Uh, Tim Keller calls it a soul quake. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. And then it has this ongoing transformational power in our lives um, as our trust in God shapes our approach. As, as we more and more trust God, this encounter with God, it then begins to shape our lives. It shapes how we approach work. It shapes how we, we, we approach finances. It shapes relationships and marriages, um, sexual practice. It shapes how we care for people. It shapes why you'd want to go and put a plastic bottle uh, into that big blue bin down there and then, and then have that money go to someone other than yourself. And as this shaping takes place and as it begins to come to light, it bears witness to our trust in the goodness and the kindness of God. Like all of a sudden, we're, we're beginning to share our faith through our activities. And then we get to put some words to it and maybe even pull out our Bibles then and say, hey. Here it is, begins to, to shape us in, the, in this kindness of God that's ultimately been revealed in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That story is then taken and it's illuminated in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who brings it to life in us. Our story is a story of how the Holy Spirit takes this story that the biblical authors call the gospel and makes it alive in us. Active in us, effective. It's doing stuff in our life, transforming you as you trust it, and as you trust it, and as you make decisions around. Just, just continue to build confidence in you, rather than perhaps trusting in yourself. Perhaps like that's my story. Like, if you, my testimony is so kind of boring in the moment, like uh, just a self-destructive, crazy burn every relationship to the ground, angry at the world, you name it, I was gonna destroy it. And then one day having a conversation with a rat at your brook, dude who'd fought him the war. And he'd been just journeying. One day he's just like, what are you doing, fool? What are you doing with Jesus? And I don't even know what he said. But between the, that conversation and by the time I'd picked my BMX up and was about to walk, ride on home down a dirt road, uh, my heart was strangely warmed. Um, famous line. And, and all of a sudden I felt like I trusted it more than I trusted what I was going to do myself. That's, it, that's, how, that's how simple it was. Billy Graham wasn't there. The sky didn't open up. 18-year-old kid on a bike on a dirt road. And I've been trusting that confidence, that, that moment ever since in my life. In big decisions, brought me here. You're like, oh, why don't you trust that one? Here we are. That's the news. That's the news that Christians have to share. That's what sharing your faith is. It's just it's just telling the story. And then and then you get to like, well, what backs this story up? Well, let me give you this Bible stuff. Your account of how the gospel transformed you from a sinner, someone who trusts in their own life to a saint. And by saint, I don't I don't mean, you know, someone who is perfect. Uh, he doesn't watch R-rated movies or, or swear or drink or all that kind of stuff. I mean, as Paul means a saint, somebody who is now in the kingdom of God, who is now in the family of God and their lives are being uh, transformed. They're under, they're under uh, renovation, if you like. That's a saint. They ain't perfect, but they're trusting in what God is doing. They're being made fit for eternity. Life has at a spiritual level. Uh, at the core of your being, being reprioritised. It is no longer Mason Taylor, um, self-centred, sinful individual pursuing his own things, but it is is the very character and nature of Jesus has now taken hold and is now renewing my heart and my mind into fullness of life, of what it is to be truly human, of what it is to be restored, of what it is to take a broken, messed up little kid and put him back together again. That's the story that God has started in me. That's the story that God starts in you. It's a faith that's anchored in the concrete realities and experiences that are related to this gospel message, this news, these claims about Jesus. And both Paul and Jesus say that Faith is something that is supernatural. It takes place and then you are radically different. You, you don't make this happen. Jesus says to one of Israel's leading minds at the time, and Marion read it to us from John 3, that citizenship, uh, life in the kingdom of God, eternal life is not something that you get out of heritage it cannot be claimed by your ancestry. Uh, it's it's not a matter of education and religious achievement. It's not obtained through piety and performance. It's not earned through good works. You don't get it. You don't get to get into the kingdom of heaven, eternal life, by just turning up a church and ticking a box. No, Christians are products of a new birth born again, we get that phrase from this passage, that comes from the transformative work of the Holy Spirit as it applies the news of God and salvation to the human heart. Did you notice, Jesus, we speak of things. Who's he talking about when Jesus uses this plural and he's the only dude standing in the room? We. The triune God bearing witness about who he is how he's come into the world, things in heaven, things that will happen, we speak of these things and you guys don't get it until the spirit brings new life into you. Brings it in a way that that, that creates, brings to life a new heart that is totally different. It's like, you notice there, flesh gives birth to flesh, like ducks make ducks and people make people, but the spirit... Make spiritual people, new people that never were before. And you can't see this transaction. It's so mysterious that Jesus just simply says it's the work of the Spirit. But you can certainly uh, experience it and you can perceive its effect. Like you can't see the wind, but you see it blowing through the trees, right? That's the same thing with the Spirit of God, says Jesus. Even if its effect in your life is as simple as you now trust God. Like you didn't come to faith and all of a sudden you're selling your house and you're going to Mozambique or something or other. You're just getting out of bed and doing another day. Then you've got this guy who history and the Bible calls Paul. And Marian read the section there from his so-called second letter to the Corinthian church. And he also lets us know that the Christian is a product of supernatural experience of transformation. If anyone is in Christ, they are what they are—a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. How all of this from God? It's all in response to this news about the love of God for sinners, and what He is called the, in what is generally called the Great Exchange that takes place in the death and the resurrection. Of Jesus, there's that language. One man died for all. What's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus' death, covering every the heart of every single person. Where Paul, where Jesus, who Paul describes as humanity's perfect relational representative, and at the same time God's very being incarnate in that person, that Jesus substitutes Himself via the cross to take the judgment of God towards sin. Toward all of humanity's imperfect relationship with God. These are the facts. They're the facts, but that's the message as the Holy Spirit illuminates. That's the message that just makes that soul quake. Jesus' death in the economy of eternal justice satisfies the penalty for the offence of sin and reconciles anyone who identifies their need of this Back into a relationship with God, and and what does that relationship look like? Well, it's validated in the resurrection. It looks like uh, you're a new creation. You, your physical body, you, you're in loving intimacy with God, and it's eternal. This is the exchange. This is, the, and it's it's not a dry thing of academia. How could something that mad, that crazy, just be some kind of dry and oh. You know, Yeah, got that now, put that in my pocket. To be a Christian is not to add a faith appendix to your story or a new chapter. To be a Christian is not to incorporate some ideas and values to what exists. To be a Christian is to have your whole entire life at its motivational core renewed. Ah, Sam Albury calls it new software in old hardware. You get the hardware upgrade in eternity. Before you can ever share the Christian faith, the active ingredient of it must have taken hold of you. It must have captured your heart in a way that makes all other stories dull. Like it makes Jesus beautiful and it makes pursuing your own small ambitions dull. That's when you know, that's when you know the soul quake's taken place. In God's grace, he uses people who have been captured by this gospel as ambassadors of this glorious new life to, to point people to what God is doing through Jesus. The gospel consumes the Christian life in such a way that the corporate expression of it affects every aspect of their lives, and we call that result, we call that faith. That's what it is. Trust in God for doing life. And it's more than Sunday. Like, this, is, this gathering is extraordinarily important. But it's more. It's about how we do marriage. It's about how we do family, business. It's about how we operate in our football clubs, our surf clubs, our bowls clubs, whatever kind of rocks your boat. Whatever environment God has placed a believer, their faith-filled presence should be a tangible and relentless witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ, this this supernatural, spiritful presence in their lives. Our motivation is not for some kind of slavish need to, to rack up numbers or or anything like that, but what motivates us? Well, Paul says the love of Christ. As we have been loved, then we go and love. As we have been served, then we go and serve. As we have been radically transformed, we are radical transformers. And each week, we have the opportunity to come together and celebrate the story of the gospel as it cultivates our faith. We sing about it. We sing about the, the, the goodness of God. Uh, the, the, the incredibleness of Jesus, the work of the Spirit. We do that. We've done that today. And we share about the activity of God in this, uh, in this community so that this gospel, this story of the glory of God amongst us is, is cultivated here, is tested here, is tried here, and it's made real amongst us. As we affirm, yeah, 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 i yeah, I got a similar story, i got a similar struggle, i got a similar doubt, i got a similar joy, a similar triumph. This is the only room where you're doing that. And we bear one another's burdens and we pray for one another and we weep. When we listen to stories, and we listen to each other's faith, or at least that's what we should be doing. And then, and then once we've done that, we're kind of ready. We're equipped, if you like. Once we've wrestled, once we've stumbled, once we've triumphed in what it means to live as recipients of God's grace, as one's invited into his story, then... Paul and the New Testament writers talk about how the Christian is pressed back out, back into Chelsea and Bond Beach and Frankston and Parkdale and Alec and Mentone and some crazy people come from Clyde. Then we're going out. But before we share our faith, we must have encountered that gospel. We must have experienced the work of the Spirit and we and we must and we should be. Having it shaped by other people of faith so that our blind spots and our biases and our fears and doubts are examined and refined and like iron sharpens iron to the point where we're confident with this story. This family here in this room is the only family that holds in common what a supernatural experience it leads to faith is like. Walking to any church, that's why you can go from freeway to to Mentone down the road or another church and all of a sudden you know you've got a common story. You can share that. But the the people of God are the only people who know what it's like, how it challenges every dimension of your life, how it brings peace in turmoil, how it uproots sin how it's the good news of salvation exercised in daily life. You aren't going to walk into work and, <laughs> and have a discussion with someone who knows nothing about Jesus, about how you're struggling with that. You can share a bit, but the actual working of that in your life, here are, here's the resources. Here are the people who know, who have walked the road. Um Time. We met for prayer on. We met for prayer on a Monday night. Um, Monday just gone. We we had a look at some scripture that spoke around the centrality of faith in God as not being merely a private thing, but 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 a declared thing. Uh, to be a Christian is to be motivated, have our bones on fire, and and our conviction in it. And it was great to hear all the different uh, responses. And we all threw it around, and we're talking about it. And then we prayed, and as we were wrapping up uh, towards the end of the night, Ron um, began to speak, and at first, well, I did, I wasn't too sure, I I thought, uh, oh, Ron's going to say something profound here. This will be good, because he does. Um, And he said, you know, Jesus, when he got up to heaven and he sat down, and the angels asked him, um, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? Who's going to continue your work? And then I started thinking, hang on a minute. Is Ron telling a joke? Uh, what did the angels ask Jesus when he got to heaven? I'm thinking, oh, Ron's going to tell a joke. And, and he got interrupted by the rest of the group as we all kind of anticipated where this story was going and started filling in the blanks for Ron. But he got there, he gathered his thoughts again, <clears throat> uh, and he continued. And uh, he said, Jesus said to the angels, it's all right, I've left uh, these people behind with my story. They're going to share it. They're going to share their faith with others. And the angels were like, Are you out of your mind? They had a fair understanding of what humanity is like. And I asked, what? what if they don't do it? What if they fail? What if they fail to share their faith? Do you have a plan B? And now everyone in the group's listening because we realize Ron ain't playing. This ain't a joke. And Ron's a bit emotional. And he says, as he kind of speaks for Jesus, no, there's no plan B. Ambassadors. Sharing our faith is what Christians are on this earth to do. We're ambassadors, we're proclaimers. The Christian community is the final apologetic to the world. And it begins around these tables. As we share what it's like to encounter a faith in Christ so that we can be effective, so that we can be authentic, authentic. so that we can be ambassadors, so we can be storytellers. And if you can't do that with people who are for you, with people who actually have the same story, it's going to be hard work without it. So for the next 10 minutes, I know this is the part you've all been waiting for, we're going to reflect on some questions. I made some up. Now, you don't have to use these. Maybe you just get into your own story, but they're on that bit of paper on your table. And just talk about what, what, what has God transformed in your life? And talk about that, conversations connection. This, This is us practicing here in a safe environment with safe people how to share our faith. you you got 10 minutes um we'll see how we go eh hey folks we want these conversations to continue on so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with one more song and then you can grab a cuppa and a coffee and come back to your tables and keep chatting or find a table that you like better and chat there um, it's up to you but the ability to continue these conversations uh, is what we want to be encouraging and nurturing and and that. We're going to uh, go at it again next week. More details next week.